Welcome everyone to House on Fire, an Austin Oaks Church Parenting Podcast, where we talk about all things parenting for every phase. Our desire is to help raise the next generation of believers to be simply about Jesus. And this afternoon, I have the Gaddies on with me. How are you guys doing? Uh, we're good. Thank you very much. Well, thanks so much for being here and helping make this happen. Very, very grateful. It's uh, It's been a little bit since I've done a podcast, so it's been like a month. So I'm very, very glad to get one in. So thanks for being Great. here. Sure. Um, so how about you guys introduce yourselves and then tell us a little about your families. Uh, my name is David Gaddy, and um, I'm a freelance artist. Uh, we've got four kids. We've got two biological children that are grown and, um, and that we live in Austin. And then uh, we have two adopted children that we've that have been with us for about 10 years. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. And I'm Jane Gaddy. I am a licensed professional counselor and licensed marriage and family therapist. I'm the clinical director in a clinic in Houston, actually, and we have strange living situation right now, but uh, I drive back to Houston um, early Monday mornings and come back Wednesday late nights, having seen clients Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and then am primarily wife and mom for the other days of the week. Yeah. Well, very cool. And you just got your... Um, notary license. Notary license, that's yes. right. That's Certification, right. yes. Yeah. Exactly. I, I, I pulled them out of a book you. that yes. you gave it that I had in my truck, oh, and I was like, oh, yeah. these cars. So that is, that, yes, that is my, that's where I'm going. Yeah. Well, very cool. I like it. Um, well, today we're primarily going to be talking about adoption stuff, and so um, there's pro- there's been a few podcasts on this topic, not specifically adoption, but foster care and that kind of stuff, and so it's... It's uh, something I like talking about. So, and it's obviously a big deal to you guys. So you have two kids that you have adopted, uh, foster to adopted. And maybe for those who aren't aware, maybe, maybe just kind of say what, because there's, there's a few options you can do straight adoption, foster, foster to adopt. There's some phrases and that kind of thing. So maybe let's start with explaining kind of what that is specifically. Um, Well, we, uh, I guess I almost have to start with. Uh, you know why we went into it just just because it then it leads into yeah foster care that's but, great um, we we uh, Jane and I have done been involved in children's ministry for since the birth of our children basically and uh, so uh, in various churches you know we worked with kids from all kinds of backgrounds but and then one of the churches that we had were a part of a lot of the children had some pretty rough situations that they lived in and it would just because we had such a passion for children it would it would break our hearts sometimes and we we know their living situation we know it's not the best for a child to you know be in to be the best them best the best selves yeah then we would just be you know basically driving home and just crying going, I wish we could take him home with this, you know, but we can't, but you know, what in reality based, but <laughs> I'm glad you didn't steal these kids. <laughs> yes, uh, well, I you know, <laughs> exactly. Um, so, so it was children's ministry that started this burning passion, desire for only kids, but then it led into exposure to kids in horrible situations. And, and so that's kind of where the, the flame for it began. It was that. And then my, specialty area in my work has always been with children. Okay. So from the time I got my master's on, um, I'd always focused on learning 
ways to do therapy with children and yeah. play therapy. And then also had um, here in Austin uh, many connections with agencies that would send me foster children to um, do therapy with. Well, yeah. So I had you know many, many years of doing that of just as a professional therapist with the foster kids. Yeah. I had been exposed to all of that world. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And well, what was your master's in? In clinical psychology. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So um, probably, was it 2010? Uh, October probably. 2010 yes. is when our lives changed. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, um, there, uh, church in Austin, a Hill Country Bible Church, had a, a very yeah, large uh, like foster care and adoption I don't know, conference or seminars, symposium. Yeah, I've heard of yes. this, actually. I've not been, but yeah. I'm, I've heard yes. of this. They were the hosts of it, and many huge churches in Austin all came together yeah. cool. to to uh, hold this conference for yeah. the weekend. And do you, do you remember what it's called? I, nope. I don't. No worries. It's okay. No. I'm so sure we can just do a I Google search know. and yes. pop up, so no yeah, worries. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it, it, so they brought in speakers, uh, from all around the country, you know, uh, uh, and then some experts that, uh, there, I, I can't remember the woman's name from Dallas at the time, but she started a school that was, I mean, as an, a part of another university, uh, that specialized in, you know, children that came out of foster care and adoption and just really wrote, rewrote the book, Karen, uh, Purvis, Purvis is her name. Yes. yes, I had to read a book yes. at Peaches Presbyterian Children Home okay. Services. Uh, I forget the name of the book, but yeah. it was her book I had to read in order to get the training. Yes, well, she's all about attachment theory, yeah. and so she's yeah. she's an just, expert about that. Yeah, and just yeah, brilliant. Uh, just really, and it was just great to hear her, uh, you know, talk on the subject. But then also the, the stories that people shared, you know, yeah. about their experience with foster and adopt kids. And then may I I jump in there for just a second, just to set up why on earth Mm -hmm. we even went to this conference (laughs) because we were not thinking adoption. This was not on our radar. We went because we'd always been involved in children's ministries, but also I was thinking professionally, maybe I could go to this conference and rub elbows with others that are in this world. Maybe we'd become board members on like a camp for troubled teens and we could just do behind the scenes <laughs> yeah. and, or we love camps. So we would come and maybe be directors that was as far as our brains went. And the Lord had a whole other agenda. And we, in our personal lives, um, had one child who was finishing college and the other child was finishing high school. So we were embracing the idea of an empty nest with fervor. This was going to be great that we were going to be just us and we'd done well with these two biological kids who were going off to college, like all the check the boxes yeah. of successful parenting. Yeah. <laughs> but no, we went to the conference yeah, and so listening to them, and we would be in there, and we'd listening to them, and their stories were so compelling, which, um, you know, that's yeah. part of the deal. You don't want to get somebody that's not. But also, they clearly were fully invested in this, and you, you heard their hearts. You know, it's like, guys, as a church, are we not called to do this? 
Yeah. Right? I mean, out of James, you know, I mean, it talks about, uh, you know, that this is really truly being a Christian, and that's taking care of widows and orphans. And yeah. We, they'd be doing their stories, and we'd sort of, you know, intermittently, Jane or I or both would be just end up crying and sobbing, and it's like it would just, we were, you know, sort of ambushed so many different times, and yeah. we're going, wow, you know, this 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 is should not be the case. We should be in the vanguard of this kind of yeah. thing, you know, not knowing all that's involved, but it but it it was yeah, it just really struck us. It's like we have to do something. Yeah, yeah. we came away from it, not even away from it, but it was toward the end of the conference mm-hmm. that we were having coffee together yeah. between session times and looked at each other with tears and said now that we know this information, I mean, here I had been doing it for however many years, mm. but didn't know the statistics that we were being taught. There were 163 orphans worldwide, 163 million, excuse me, 163 million orphans across the world. And having been taught for this two days of information about it and the statistics we said we can't not do something about this yeah so what are we going to do and we knew from this conference how expensive many regular kinds of adoptions are that we did not have the funds for and uh, I had a friend who is a social worker at um, a local foster agency so we said why don't we just investigate and find yeah. out if there are uh, ways that we can, quote, foster to adopt mm-hmm. and take it a step at a time that way. And so we called our, our girls, <laughs> our older girls, because we wanted their partnership in it. And they'd always been involved with um, children's ministry with us, so they had grown up with Hearts for Children as well and and immediately gave us the the thumbs up about go for it. Yeah, it's awesome. I love it. So what you're saying is you would recommend to most families that they need to serve in children's ministry is what I'm hearing. <laughs> we, uh, we are all about children's That's what I'm hearing. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's for sure. Yeah, you know, for us, it's, you know, I mean, not everybody's hardwired to do that, but I mean, it, it was a hardwiring in us. And, yeah. for and us. I, you know, I think to, you know, quickly dismiss it, like sort of mindlessly dismiss it, I yeah. would, I would not say you should do that. And, but no, it's it's not for everybody, but but it, it you know there should be some consideration and some weight given to you know what we're asked to do. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. Sorry, checking something. Um, yeah, I love it. So you went to that conference, and then I'm assuming you contacted a local agency in town. Right. Who who right. would you guys go through? If you don't mind, I ask. There's a lot in the city. We went through Pathways. Pathways. Um, they, and they're still around? Yes, they are. Okay, so you get a certification to be able to adopt or to, to, foster, to foster, and yes. so six well, to nine months, somewhere right. in there. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And so, it, you know, and, and and it was, now we, you know, we had some great, they, you know, they can train you for as much as they can. Yeah. You know, it's, it's always great to have the information. Yeah. It really is. The teaching is good. But, um, you know, it's... Uh, you know, you don't want to rush through it. It, it is, a, you know, a time commitment, but but it really is important that you do that, and no yeah. matter how your heart's at. But um, but then, 
Yeah, Pathways was a, a really a good organization when we went through. Yeah. So you take the six, nine months, get certified. That's right. And then what, what, what were you guys thinking? Because, I mean, they ask you all these questions. Oh, mm-hmm. it's it's almost. That's okay. Like, yeah. It can yeah. be intimidating. Yeah. Sure. It, uh, even when we did it, we were like, I'm like, so I can choose an age and a skin color right. and all of these things. And mm-hmm. it felt very weird. So the only thing that we checked was we only, we want somebody younger than our oldest. Mm-hmm. So Paisley was like four at the time. So okay. that was our only, only, you know, speculation, but it felt so weird. I, I felt like it's just a weird process. A little like shopping. Yeah. Like you're it, shopping online. Yes. How about these children? Yes. That, mm-hmm. that was a strange, strange experience. One, one thing that we communicated with our social worker was that we, um, because of us working out of the home, I wanted the, our, our goal has always been to either have one parent or the other at home. Mm-hmm. That has been just a blessing that we've been able to, uh, afford yeah. for, for our children. So, um, we, because of our chronological age, but also the ages of our kids, we knew with our work restrictions that we didn't feel like we could take someone under five. Yeah. Some kids needed to be in school. But we also felt that if we're going to do this, let's do it for the kids who are going to be probably the least wanted. And so our initial um, request of our social worker was for us to have a sibling group, Mm -hmm. but they needed to be as the youngest would be in kindergarten. Uh, So she moved forward with that as the expectation. Yeah. But again, the just taking this a step at a time, that's what we thought, and the Lord knew that was where our heart was uh, because we know the older the children are, the fewer are going to be adopted, and sibling groups are going to be harder to adopt rather than a single child. So what happened was six months after the training and we finally had gotten approved as foster parents, our social worker called us, and, and we were so excited that we finally had jumped through all the hoops. We were ready, and she called us and said, I I know you have your desire to um, adopt a sibling group, but we've got one little girl that really needs to have a respite weekend, and her foster mom is just having a really hard time with her, and she's a single mom. And she really needs a rest. And now that you are um, certified, licensed, would you please have her come just for the weekend? So David and I are so excited. Like, yay, we finally got through all the hoops and we can do this. Sure, a respite weekend, no commitment. Yeah, we can do that. And for those who don't know, respite is where you... Uh, give rest to a foster parent and or parent. So maybe they're gone for the weekend or they just need a break. And, and I would even say it's the biggest need for foster families. Oh. Like I don't need your money. I don't need, I just need, I need your time to, to help my wife have, have a break. Yeah. Yes. So that's anyway, for those who aren't aware, that's great. Oh, that's good. So, uh, in comes this brown eyed, beautiful little girl of six years old. And she comes leaping into our house, um, happy as can be, with her little pink Disney princess suitcase for the weekend. And she was a handful for the weekend. Um, 
really just had so many sassy little things that she was saying back to us <laughs> and making us laugh, but clearly did not know much about well-behaved children. Yeah. <laughs> and um, nor did she know things even like forks to use, mm. knife, um, what's a napkin, what's that needed for. Yeah. Uh, but we got through the weekend and enjoyed her and took her out to the parks and had really lots of fun. Yeah, yeah. And then was, the next good. week we were called again and the social worker said, this same girl really needs to have a weekend. Yeah. And this particular situation where she um, was anticipating being adopted by this foster mom is truly for sure not working out. Okay. Would you consider, now that that's not working out, would you consider, just think about it across the weekend, whether she is somebody that you would consider to foster to adopt? And we did uh, lots of soul searching, lots of prayer, brought it to our friends in our small group. We all prayed about it because they had met her the weekend before at church. Yeah. And we were really wrestling about it because this was a single girl, cute as could be, probably could be adopted easily because she just is a little charmer. And we had thought that a group of kids who were going to be more difficult to adopt was who we were to adopt. But here she was. She was in need. Yeah. And what was particularly compelling to me was having received online some of the background information about her. They're limited initially about what they, yeah. they disclose until you actually adopt the child. But I, I knew her name having had her the weekend before. And when I received this background information, it was an amazing experience for me to look at the computer screen and see her name was illuminated in a supernatural way. It was a, 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 a wild experience, but to really look at her name, because the Lord knew we were really trying to seek his direction about whether this girl was to come into our home or not. Yeah. And what I recognized by really focusing on that name was this is a girl whose name, even in all the years of doing child work, I had never seen this name before. And I recognized my, my own mom had passed away a few months prior to this. And my mom's first name was the first half of this little girl's name. Mm. And then I recognized the second half of her name was David's mom's name. Mm. Crazy. <laughs> and that was the answer to our prayer, mm. is this little girl was named these two grandmother's names, and before time began... That was to be her name and yeah. was given through her birth mother to come to our home for us to be her parents and yeah, for those awesome. grandmothers to be her grandmothers. And that, I share that 
because that truth and power of that experience of that name has helped me through these years of difficulty. Yeah. Of just clinging to she was named to be in our family. Mm. And as much as across the then 10 to 11 years of parenting her, as rough as it has gotten at times, the Lord has brought that back to my mind. She's been named to be yours. Yeah, that's awesome. She's not uh, six anymore. so She is now (laughs) 17. Yes. Yeah, that's... Yeah, it's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. And so that's so that's when it began for you guys. And how long down the road did you get until the second one came along? I'd say probably. Well, it was Christmas 2012. Yeah. Okay. So. It was our Christmas gift a year and a half yes. later. Okay. She came at Easter. Okay. At Passover which was symbolic, like we're passing over <laughs> into this new season. And then he was our Christmas gift the, yeah. a year and a half later. Okay. So, and it happened somewhat in, in a similar way, uh, a respite yes. weekend once again. And he came to us and, you know, I mean, a charmer just immediately. I mean, he could work a room at, at you know, at six. at six. I mean, I mean, seriously, it was the craziest yes. thing. And, um, you know, he had all kinds of opinions about himself, and you know, it's like you know, I'm kind of odd, but uh, <laughs> you know, he, he but he came in and he was dressed like an old man. I mean, he had like super big plaid shirt <laughs> and, and, and pants, but he he did not he didn't want to take them off. He'd want to sleep in them. He w- he says I don't sleep much at night, and and he would cover his head completely. You know, in his blanket. I mean, it brought all kinds of stuff there. Yeah. You know, um, so how, how old was he? He was, he was six, six and a half. Six and a half. Yeah, okay, about yeah. the same age as Andriana was when she came. Mm-hmm. Okay, and um, and so we, you know, did the the weekend, um, <laughs> and yeah, it right. was it was yeah, it was a good weekend. And uh, he asked us that weekend if we would adopt him. No way. No, yeah. A little six-year-old charmer's like, six so you're going to adopt me or what? Well, the six-year-old who'd been in the foster system long enough to even know to tell these people, he said from the back seat, tell my social worker if you want to adopt me or not. What? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And it, David and I looked at each other in the front seat just like, he did not just say these words. Yeah. A six-year-old. But he had been, both of them yeah. were in three to four homes prior to coming to us where they had no two, two excuse me three to four homes for sure in foster placement but two homes each where they were expecting to be adopted oh wow and then they acted out so severely that the foster parents said they can't do it yeah they would they, they in the in sort of the i don't know industry or this field you the kids uh, and and the families and the caseworkers have this shared phrase, and that's forever family. And so, you know, they would these parents, these well-meaning parents, or yeah. intended parents, um, would say, you know, we're going to be your forever family. And so, you know, one time and it doesn't happen, two times Man. and it doesn't happen, and you can imagine what it does to this, you know, sense of or hope, trust, whatever. Yeah, you know, and so yeah, that and, and both of for the both the children, it, it blew up in their face, you know. Yeah, 
Yeah, for as well intended that 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 is, and I, you know, I would assume their heart was in the right place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, intention. I do. I do too. Uh, no, I agree. But I, uh, I remember things that people told me when I was really, really young. Mm-hmm. It's some good things and some not so good things. <laughs> and so yeah. to be quick right. to listen, slow to speak. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yeah. Just yeah. even those words on a six-year-old. Or, I mean, he probably remembered it when he was even younger than that, you know, if he had a few families say that. And so, man, what a lesson in and of itself just to learn is uh, yeah. to choose our words wisely. Yeah. Man. I don't know. Yeah, they're, because they're, you know, they they know they've been taken away from their, their mom, for sure. Yeah. And sometimes dad. And then, but but they are, they are in parent mode themselves. In other mm. words, I am going to parent me because clearly... I'd never met a grown up I, I didn't hate. Yeah. I mean, after a while, mm-hmm. you know, having been, you know, basically disowned or, you know, abandoned or abused, then, yeah. Of course, why would they trust anybody taller than them? Right. Yeah. Oh, there's so, so many things that are going in my mind. <laughs> so, I know there's so, so much. It's hard that. to, it's, yeah, it's, it's like, not just man, one conversation. Is no, it? yeah, it, yeah. This is like 85 podcasts in one is really what it is. There's <laughs> like, I'm, I'm holding back all the questions that I have because, because uh, we're pretty active in our, in our neighborhood specifically. Mm-hmm. And I had a, a mom that I know they've, they've, uh, they've got, I think three or four foster kids. They drive a 15 oh, passenger wow. van and they've got a couple of their own yeah. and stuff. And so she posted the other day that they just found out the one that a little girl that they were intending to adopt, they're taking away. And so just, and mm. anyway, so she was posting about like luggage, you know, like, Hey, does anybody have some really nice luggage? I want to send, you know, send her away. And I, I just, I'm a sucker for the, and I go, no, 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 no. like, sorry. Like you can't buy, you can't, I, I, in my mind is always even when the twins that we foster for, I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm like, those kids get brand new stuff. My kids, my biological kids get the hand-me-downs, but the, but the, but yes. the, but the foster kids, they get like, they get the best anyway. And that may be a wrong. So I, I messaged her and I was like, no, no, no. Like, Hey, just so you know, you just tell me what you want and I'll go buy it. Like, mm-hmm. and I just, anyway, yes. I, I, there's some things that just, yeah. uh, money should not affect that much. Anyway. So it just, I agree. Lots yeah. of things are in my mind right now. Right. As you guys right. are talking. No. So, um, so, so, uh, so you end up adopting. So he was here with us for that respite weekend. Okay. And by the end of that weekend, we knew he would be a, a, an excellent fit because for yeah. that year and a half, having our daughter, we, um, really were having other children in for respite weekends to see how well they would, uh, be able to manage with her mm-hmm. and she with them. And so um, we really had come to the conclusion about needing somebody that was younger than she and that was also not her same gender. And so when this little guy came, there was no reason for us to say yeah. no, and yeah. he needed it. And so we proceeded well, there, with I adoption. Think what really cemented it for us, for them to be like the, Daniel would be the, the next one, was that... Um, the others that we had done respite weekends for, um, you know, you, you could see that, you know, Adriana was going to be the losing party in this relationship. You know, either the child was too strong or there was a mm-hmm. sibling group that came through. Yeah. And they, they were not mean, but they were certainly bonded. Yeah. And it, she would be the outsider. Mm. But she was priority because she was the first. Yeah. So we had to build it around that. For sure. And so when, so I just remember the morning that they were 
uh, he came down, and I think Adriana had been, in, well, she was asleep when he came, right? Or I don't know. Yes, she was that night. Yeah, that so he came. she hadn't met him. Yeah, so she yeah. went to bed and That's then right. woke up the next day with, you know, this little yeah, guy. Yeah, he, he, she knew he was coming, but she was already in bed. Yeah. Yes. And so, but they were at the table. It was really sweet. And uh, they were having their breakfast. And, and I just remember distinctly the conversation they had. And, Neither one of them had met another foster child. Really? No. And and so they were talking at each other, and especially Daniel, he would hear like these experiences that Adriana was sharing, and he went, "What? You too? <gasps> what? You know? I I mean, it just it was like a new world. Like, I mean, I'm not the only one. Wow. And because of this sort of this chemistry camaraderie this shared experience that neither one of them knew that they had yeah it really said you know this this is going to be a good ultimately this is going to be a good match yeah and so that's why we decided to move forward with him and her you know that that would be this is going to be a good pairing yeah and for uh those listening that may not be aware when it comes to fostering to adopt it's a completely paid thing correct like that's at least been my experience or we obviously haven't adopted but but the agency covers, they have the lawyers that cover all of the things. That's why when you do like a straight adoption, it's it's at least 30 grand because you're paying for lawyer fees and birth certificate. I mean, social security, all of the, you know, all of the documentation and stuff. But to do a, a foster to adopt is a completely free process. That's true. The yes. uh, CPS and the state or whatever just float the bill for all of those things. Yeah. Yes. Well, there's so many kids going in, you know, to the foster care system and then, you know, year after year after year, they're sort of building up this number of, of children that are in foster care that they are going, please, yeah. if you have the capacity, then do that. And so it's, it's, it's an incentive, yeah. you know, that's a completely why it is. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the system, I mean, my wife has helped f- place some, mm-hmm. some, a few kids like through sure. hospitals and teenagers come in and, mm-hmm. and give up a child and stuff. And just, that's actually when the cool, we had a student who uh, got pregnant and gave up the child that was there the day she passed it all, the child off to an adoptive family. Mm-hmm. It was uh, a very, uh, the redemption is yes. just crazy. So, right. um, so now, you know, so you've got two grown kids and now you've got a, I guess at the time, like, Adriana's seven and a half, and and I keep wanting to say James because he he, oh, he says right. James all the time. Sure. So when, right. when you tell me Dan, I'm like, oh, like Daniel and James are the same guy. Yeah, so right. anyway, just <laughs> you can throw Daniel James in. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but for but for Daniel, yes. he was about six, and Adriana's seven and a half, and yes. then you've got you know two kids you're basically raising. Yes, yes, that's right. We started yeah. parenting again. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We had to, All well, one of the things we did have to do is transition to when we got Adriana, um, we, uh, and we were intending to get another, well, then we did have to get, you know, a different house because each one, you know, with their gender, they have to have their own yeah. bedroom. So that was an adjustment we had to make. So we, but we, the Lord, you know, showed us, the house that was just perfect and we were able to to get and then yeah it really served as a you know a base for years for them a stable place yeah a room they could call their own and so it it was that was an important element in it uh you know because as stable as you can be that's gonna really help yeah 
did you guys maybe start thinking, man, we need to stop doing respite because every time we do respite, we end up with. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm doing the math in my mind. I'm like, man, you're gonna end up like 12 kids if you keep doing that. Maybe more. Like, right. you're gonna you're gonna have to buy a huge house yeah. just to. Yeah. And right. Uh, no. Yes. We. Uh, yeah. Well. When, but then when we had when Daniel came and we we felt like he was really the one, then we we did know that okay, two is the right number. We yes. really did. Any more than that, it would have. I think thrown the balance off. Yeah. So it, it, we knew sort of, I think, you know, when it's the right number. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, they're, you know, they're going to be out of high school. Adriana is a junior. She is. A and junior. then James is a sophomore, she's, freshman, she's a freshman, freshman. So yes. in like three years, I mean, this cycle may start again. No, is so that what you're no. thinking? No, no. no. I mean, it's like prime time. No, we're into, like, we're into grandparenting just, now. We've got right. two grandchildren we got, and we, we love yeah. those. We got, <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> think four of, kids and then <laughs> grandbabies. And it's like, oh, that, that's even, that's right. yeah, that's more than we can, uh, you know, think of or imagine. Yeah, it, that's, a, that's a lot of love to share. That is a lot of love to share. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I'm just, you never know. The Lord may never say, know. you know, never you know, say never. That's you, right. uh, you know, it, I often think in my mind, it would be insanely dumb and crazy awesome at the same time to be in my eighties with four teenagers running around. <laughs> I'm like, these mugs are going to keep me either crazy tired or keep me from getting really lazy well, or, yeah. uh, e- either way I'm going to have to keep moving. So, yeah. and well, whatever we talked about is like, you know, they, if nothing, you know, it, there's many things that they do you know, for us and, you know, and, you know, keeping our brains alive and active and yeah. engaged and physically I and mean, really back it, to teaching them how to, how to swim. Yeah. When we were many years past ever yeah. having to do that. Yeah. yeah we just for sure. started parenting again. Now, yeah. Now we're teaching Adriana to drive. Yeah. And, uh, so that's, you know, and then we've got Daniel coming up and we'll be teaching him. Yeah. So, yeah. Go, I'm assuming you've gone to Burger Stadium a few times. Yes. Um, okay. That's where you take. Yeah, that's kind of like where everybody I know in the <laughs> world is like we go to Burger cuz it's like It's yeah. the best. <laughs> it's wide yeah. open, you I know. I know. I saw a Michigan license plate there the other day. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That is funny. Well, what I mean, uh what was and I'm sure there was a lot. Uh the little that I know about what it takes to care for somebody that who's gone through foster care and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I just barely, barely understand the, the surface, but, um, there it's, uh, it, it's extremely hard. It's not the same as your own kids and you can, you know, we just love them the same. Like, well, there's all, yeah, that all sounds great, but, uh, it's not the same. And so you have to adapt and do things differently. And, uh, you can't say you've ever done this before. No. <laughs> even if you, even if you have raised adopted seven kids, you can't ever say you've done this before, but in this, in this specific circumstance, because for everyone it's different. I mean, it's even right. true with your own biological kids sure. that, you know, they, you, you may have, you guys have obviously raised two of your own daughters, but it, it's always a little different. There's a little flavor and just their personalities. Yeah. And so all of the things are different. So, so what was some of the hardest things for you guys um, when it comes to, uh, and maybe it was in the process of choosing to adopt or, you know, like what was the hardest thing about, about that process or just. I think the, the, what's so important to remember, I'm not sure who the listening audience is for this podcast, but um, if people are considering this road toward adoption to be encouraged that there are different levels of children's trauma and Mm -hmm. 
neglect and um, difficulties. And because of my training, um, the social worker and, and the, the foster agency felt comfortable placing the children with us that they did. And they were, they were the, they were the hardest level of child. Um, as we said that they both had been removed from two previous foster places where they expected to be adopted, And even prior to that had been quote kicked out of other, um, houses because of their behavior difficulties. Um, so if somebody's considering this road, it's important that they know that not every foster child has the level of trauma and neglect that, that yeah. our two uh, do and brought to our home. Yeah, that's good. That being said, I think um, what was is such an important process of spiritual growth and our journey is that we don't know what's around the corner Hmm. and if david and i had known the difficulty of the journey back sitting having that coffee and tears in our eyes saying we've got to do something probably in our humanness we would not have taken that step yeah because it has been that hard of a journey yeah but god knew that and knew we were not to know. And that's the walk of faith. Is It's just be obedient with the next step. If yeah. the Lord says, find out about the foster care system, and if you can become licensed foster parents, that may be the as much of the step that you are seeing ahead of you, and be obedient with that step. Yeah. And then he will disclose the next after that. Yeah. I would say, you know, uh, one of the phrases that we have been using more frequently now and is that it's just do the next thing. Mm. And, and it, But if you look at our journey, you know, um, it, it mirrors much of what's, you know, all over Scripture as far as walks of faith. Yeah. You know, it's like, I want you to go to a land that I will show you. You know, that idea, yeah. you know, or I want you to go to this well or whatever. And, you know, not giving you know, laying out every single detail, I think there is a sense, there's a, there's a truth in the, in the phrase, you know, ignorance has its virtues. And mm. it, it is the idea that, you know, knowing everything doesn't always help you. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. It, 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 sometimes it serves as a seed of fear and it will just take hold of you. So I think that, that would be, you know, a piece of advice that I would give mm. is like, you know, if you feel, um, you know, compelled to explore, then you should do that. It's, it's, um, I don't remember the, the gentleman's first name, but there's a, years ago, there was a guy, uh, his last name was Blackaby and he, he Henry Blackaby, Henry Blackaby. That's right. Yeah. And he, you know, he, many Christians, they go, how do I know the will of God? You know, it's like, it's like, and sometimes it can be mysterious, but, but often I don't, you know, it can be very practical. Mm-hmm. And so it's the, the idea of when you, you sense the activity and you join it. So, the first activity that he did for us is that he goes, I would like you to go to this conference. 
okay, we'll do that. And yeah. that was step one, the, the next thing, you know, and then now I want you to go to the classes. That's yeah. the next thing, you know? Yeah. So great. That's a great book. Uh, Henry Black. I forget the name of the, uh, Providence and the will of God or something like that. Yeah, and something it, Cause like there that. was, there was a, a thought process for a while that like God's will is like a bullseye. And if you make the wrong decision, you're missing out on the will of God. And, uh, and so he was debunking that, that, you know, like just be, you know, you, cause we're disobedient in our lives and, you know, like a lot <laughs> in nature. Yeah. I'm like, that's kind of our default. And so, so he was rebut, you know, rebuttaling that yeah. truth of like, well, you know, if you make one bad decision, that doesn't mean that you're out of the will of God and that the rest of your life is over, all of these things. So anyway, that's a, I'll have to look and that book up. if you don't make a bad mis- uh, decision, then maybe you're not human. Yeah, <laughs> for real. <laughs> Just, yeah. You are not of this world. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I appreciate you guys sharing because it, I mean, it is a, um, it is a trying thing to do. And so I, um, I'm stoked that you guys did it. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, we'd left for Reynosa. You guys had just gotten here. I don't know how long ago it was, but uh, we went to Reynosa, Mexico, to serve Ray Henson and Rio yes. Bravo Ministries. And I, I had three teenagers in my truck, your two, and then another one, and all three were adopted. And I just, I, so I felt kind of bad wow. for those three teenagers because oh. I was like, one of them I've known for like, David Onza, I've known that mug for like seven years. I'm like, Dad, I had no idea you're adopted. Like, how did I miss this? So I asked him a ton of questions and then you're, yeah. you're two kids and yes. we're like halfway there. I'm like, hey guys, so sorry for all the questions. Like, and they're yeah, like, because sure. I was just, I'm just so intrigued because, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So just, uh, it was a very, it was an eye-opening experience for me. Sure. I'd never been in that position before yeah. where I've got three students and wow. they've all been yes. adopted. And so, oh, right. um, what would you have what do you wish you would have known before? Is there any, any practical things that you, you know, if you had to go back and you're, you're certified and you're licensed and you're ready, just, okay, God, who are you going to bring? Like what, what things do you would have been helpful to know beforehand? And there may not be anything specific. I mean, there's so much to know and it's not like we can prepare fully for everything. I mean, it's just part of life, but about living is, you know, I mean, yeah, you can Google everything nowadays, but like that, that doesn't necessarily always help, but, um, and there's lots of knowledge, you know, that you could be learning, but knowledge is different than wisdom. Um, so any specific practical things that would have been helpful, like if, like if like a married couple or a single person right now is thinking, man, I want to foster to adopt what, and, and they were here with you and they said, Hey, what would you share with me? What would, what would be something you would share? This is, this isn't something we ever wrestled with, but I would, but I have, heard, we knew of, of other couples and of their people, yeah. well, more couples than anything that, uh, you know, would go, man, this is really, I mean, I, this is so compelling. I really feel like I want to do this. And that would be one member. Okay. Of the, of the couple. And the other one goes, well, like, yeah, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. It, uh, yeah. I will say as a couple, you both have to be all in. You cannot have, nobody can ride a fence. That's where mm. the, the uh, whoever, if one rides a fence, both will be basically, you know, it, it'll negate, you know, what good you want to do. It yeah. cannot be, oh, well, you know, I don't know. It's like you've got to be all in because yeah. you're going to be clinging to each other some days going, yeah. you know, wh- I like we cannot, I can't do this by myself. This is, they are stronger than me. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so 
it has got to be every step of the way. You you have to if you you're not in full agreement, you need to work it out. Yeah, but that's do good. not go in it without going. I am all in, and you know if you have say, you know whoever's going to be there. I, I'm assuming ultimately there will be one of you will be the primary caregiver, yeah. and the other one will not. Then just know you want to work that out before you. Mm you know one leaves the other or something like that okay you're going to be encountering most them most of the hours of the day you're going to be be wrestling with this mother wound you know this primal wound in you you're going to be getting it and more often than it is the woman yeah the mom because that's that's the wound that they carry more than the one with the dad Mm. and so that's the one they'll be operating out of that center a lot of their lives. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. So being on the same page and completely, and maybe even, you know, talking through like, you know, people like you and other people who have been through the mm-hmm. process yeah. and just, just, uh, talking through, um, a lot of that stuff would probably help save a little bit of maybe a oh. lot of heartache. Oh, completely. I think, you um, know, if you're the only one in the room, you're the smartest guy there. And that's just not a <laughs> yeah. way to go. I know for me, yeah. I don't want to be the smartest guy in the room. Um, and it, it really does take, and yeah, community, do not try to do this as a couple by yourself. Yeah. Do not. You know, we were fortunate to have some people that, you know, they wouldn't adopt, but they were, it, they were essential to us mm-hmm. um, and have been essential. And it's, it's just, and then every, like our two daughters, our biological daughters were all in. You cannot, you cannot do that. You can't, as well intentioned as you are, you cannot do, you, you should not. I would say you do not do this then. Yeah. Don't do it. For sure. What would you guys say, what what was the most helpful support in that process? I think that our oldest daughters. And I'm assuming Mm -hmm. like they're like physically being there being supportive of what you're doing they're not like grumbling and complaining and blasting on social media mom and dad are lunatics because they you know love these other two kids more and that's kind of stuff like that's mm -hmm. right they were mature enough older in years than the adopted children and so they were able to babysit and give us breaks and um have modeled to our two now teenagers yeah. um, uh, pursuing God and choosing good, healthy relationships as friends. And um, both of them, uh, one is married, and so her husband has also been such an excellent mm. older brother example and caregiver of Daniel. Uh and so, yeah, those, those two for sure have been. And then our church family of um, supporting us and having ways to uh, provide other friends uh, within the church for uh, th- that we felt comfortable for our adopted kids to be with yeah. and spend time with. Well, and the joy about you guys adopting them is uh, they don't all have to be certified or licensed to, yes. so if you're not aware, you have to be, there's certain hoops you have to hop through in order to, to watch a foster child. If, you know, if it's four hours or eight hours or overnight, like, you know, background checks and some training, all that kind of stuff. And so, I mean, it's, it's fairly extensive when it comes to signing up for an opportunity to serve somebody. And so right. 
that is a blessing because they're yours. Yeah. Right. So yeah. you get to yeah. dictate. Get to choose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So man, that oh, that just be. Yeah. Yeah, that's. <laughs> that was a benefit. Yeah. You know, and I would say easy in that. That's I would say that's one of the things that was a hallmark for us when we came to Austin Oaks is that, um, you know, of course you were very quick to come around them, and then um, the longer we've been involved in the church, which hadn't been that long, but but it certainly we're seeing them beginning to build some solid relationships that of of peers that love the Lord and we're seeing, you know, the impact of that. And that's, that's, but, but once again, that's an, an essential piece. It cannot, this is not a, this is not a hobby. It's not something you, well, let me try. You're not, you're not, it's not like you're at a, a you know, a restaurant trying different foods and going, well, I don't like this, but I really like this. And yeah. I it's like you, you it's, it's, the stakes are really high. Yes, they are. For every party involved, not just the kids that you're bringing in your home, but for you and your spouse and your children. And I mean, it is, it is, it is, it, <laughs> at a level is sort of the game of thrones. It's either the kingdom of God or, or, or you know the kingdom of darkness, and yeah. and you are wrestling, and lives are at stake. Yeah, they definitely are. Well, what do you guys feel that God has taught you through this process? Which I'm assuming, I mean, you could probably write a book on all of the things. <laughs> so it's a loaded question, I know. But what what would be some of the you know the high altitude things that you guys would say? This is what God taught us through this whole, and and probably still is. I mean, they're they're mm-hmm. still around. I mean, you've. I mean, they're your kids, so they're Lord willing, if God chooses or they choose to get married one day. I mean, so you're kind of in it until you die, I guess. We're but yeah. so just, <laughs> you know, so you got a long ways to go you're still, right. but like, um, and I'm yes. sure God will still continue to teach you things. But what are some of those things that you would definitely highlight that has been helpful? One of the things that is massive for me because of my profession and my training is that once we had these kids, I had to throw all of that information out. Mm. I had to just toss the book Mm -hmm. and lean into God and hear from him about what even that next five minutes was to involve. Because (laughs) the theories and the, the structure and um, things I even teach other parents about how to be effective parents, I I couldn't rely on. Mm. But I sure knew that he knew what this child needed next. Yeah. And that has been the biggest journey for me and continues to be. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, there's, you know, one of... I'd say just to elaborate a little bit on that, it's like uh, I think the biggest thing that this is is that it's, it is a walk of faith. Mm-hmm. It truly is, and God has shown us a, a you know infinite number of times, but in particular, probably in the last couple of years, that He is in complete charge. Yeah, and that you know, even though you know. You know, we might have considered ourselves at a certain level kind of experts having worked in children's ministry since for over 20, easily 20 years, working with all kinds of children, all kinds of ethnic backgrounds. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, you know, money, no money, living in cars, living in mansions, all kinds of things. I mean, we knew a lot of stuff, but it but it 
it did not in any way, shape, or form uh, uh, remove uh, uh, any need for the Lord. I mean, it mm-hmm. really, there has been days we're going, we were, you know, about to lose either the child or our mind or, I mean, you know, physically sometimes just altercations because they yeah. were so, you know, operating out of a brain that is about the size of your thumb, the smallest brain that you have, you know, that lizard brain. Yeah. Um, and going, that is reality, you know, that I'm generating in my little tiny mind. And so, but God has over and over and over again, just like, I am faithful. Don't worry. I have this, not you. You just be faithful to what you know. Yeah. And, and I will be faithful to create and shape them into the man and woman that they're supposed to be. Yeah. I love it. How, how would you say this affected your marriage? I mean, you guys, are, you're still married, so praise God for that. <laughs> we are still married. But no, we it, don't separate cars down here, but no. <laughs> um, but, I, I mean, it's a strain on, you know, uh, and, and some, in some cases, in some seasons, you're surviving. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you're just trying to keep everybody alive. Right. And mostly fed and mostly clean and everything else is going to have to just. <laughs> mostly, You yes, know, exactly. just be okay, mm-hmm. you know, like. Right. So, um, so how, how did this affect your marriage and, and, uh, yeah. Thankfully it's brought us together. Praise God Mm -hmm. that it has. Yeah. Because it sure has the potential of ripping a couple apart. And that's why I so agree with what David was saying earlier about if you're not fully in this together before it starts, it's going to be a much rougher journey. Yeah. Um, and so that uh, we just praise the Lord that we are tighter and more in unity um, than ever before, really, mm-hmm. because of the process yeah. we mm-hmm. needed to be. And we have the good fortune, and I, I feel like you too, and it's like that we've always dug each other anyway. You know, I mean, it's, yeah. it's you know, like any couple, you have things you work through and there, you know, some of them are sort of, they show up again and again and again, but, but we have been, had the good fortune of just really enjoying each other authentically. But, but this has truly, you know, brought us even closer and in a more substantive way, not only to each other, but to the Lord, Hmm. you know? And so I think that is, that is really a critical piece of it because, you know, they come in to their home and, w- and w- when they first enter, they're going divide and conquer, divide <laughs> and conquer. <laughs> and if you're not joined literally and, you know, spiritually, you know, arm in arm, then they will do just that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Any last minute things you guys would like to share as we wrap this up? But there's much that could be said, you know, and sure. all of the things. But well, um, I think I I would just invite or uh, you know maybe chal- I don't know if challenges is a word, but I would I would invite people to you know when they hit scriptures like the one in James that talks about you know this is really the true Christian work, and that is to care for the widows and the orphans that. Not to just skim over it like, you know, that's for the people that are called to do that. I mean, if they're, you know, going before the Lord and go, is there a place that I could serve? Is there a place? Because the need is much larger than 
you you know that we knew yeah and uh, and that the church is responding to you know but to just to to without consideration you know speed by it um i would just challenge people to just you know consider it or or something that kind of su- that substantive kind of work yeah and with what you're saying the verses from isaiah from that adoption conference mm-hmm. really reiterate what you're saying if i can share those yeah that'd be awesome is not this the kind of fasting i have chosen to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away? Yeah, it's awesome. Well, I appreciate you guys and your willingness to share and, Hopefully people are running to you at church and be like, oh, you're the gaddies. I have more questions. Can I take you to lunch? Um, hopefully there'll be some more conversations that thank people will. It's a pleasure, you know, being invited yes, into you. the conversation. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, cause it's a, it's a, it is a good and hard place to be. Yes. And, uh, it's a great opportunity to make much of God and, and to live out the, what the scripture commands. I would be of the opinion that everybody should adopt. Um, do I have a Bible? I, I, I think the James passage is sufficient enough, in my opinion. Uh, maybe much smarter theologians would disagree with me, but I, yeah, I can't help but often think. Um, we, we can eradicate the need. When I say we, the church. Mm-hmm. Like what would it look like for the church to, is to say, okay, I know this is going to turn my life upside down. I know this is going to be horrendous. I know in, in some ways this may be really just stupid um, and unwise even um, to do. But um, when I read scripture, man, there's a lot of just crazy things that believers did um, that wasn't always the wisest, but it was the most God-honoring thing to do. Yes. Hmm. So I'm so of the opinion that I'm looking forward to the day I get to drive a 15-passenger minivan. <laughs> um <laughs> We, we will see. We will see. Maybe we'll help others in that process as well. So I appreciate you guys very, very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today on the House on Fire podcast. Please share this so others can be blessed by the conversation we had today. And we will see you all next time.